Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. I can feel the crew music. Are we recording now? Yeah. Oh, but let's, okay. But let's like start. Sorry. Should we like do our an iconic intro and then like start? I don't know. Or should we I'm just talk? This? I'm fine with this. Right. I I just didn't know if we were just talking. You he's, know, I like. He's just not getting on you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we, <you're, clears throat> so testing, testing. I'm not a good talker. If he knows the mic okay. is on. Go so. on. Go on. Yeah, I, totally. Don't you think that... <laughs> don't you think that... Ha, 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 that sounds like a Bjork song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, my God. In my mind, it does. <laughs> this is the first This is the first episode where we, we start by gonna, insulting the demon. Yeah, I'm going to leave. Them. Yes. <laughs> the fan leaves. Now it's just me. <laughs> um... It's just, we're just going to mock Bjork. But everyone mocks Bjork because it's crazy. I mean, they don't mock her. They send up her with love because you can, anyone can do Bjork. I mean, like, if you want to do an impersonation of Bjork, good for you. That's not hard. Um, But I do feel like her music is complicated. Uh Uh-huh. Well. No, you don't find that, you don't, what do you see? The first album was kind of verse chorus. Which one was that? Debut. debut. Yeah. <laughs> was that, no, would that be debut? The, I've heard that's what she considers her first album, right? She had Sugar Babies. Right. And Sugar Cubes. Sugar Cubes. Yeah, and Gling Glow. And, yeah, she had a career as a child. Yep. Um, like at and, 11 or something? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and uh, she did, I think she was well known as a singer as a child in Gling Glow, too. And then... Um, because that's her highest-selling album, still in Iceland. I read. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So that's it's a super. So like me, I'm like the Icelandic people because I'm really into that album because it's more jazzy and I understand it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. She's like God in Iceland. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Basically, I want to go to Iceland. I, I, I know. Me I want to go. That's like one on my bucket. We I should don't all go, go and worship Bjork there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think she represents Iceland to at least of the. My, my little American boy ass. Uh-huh. Like she represents like something cold and bizarre and like earthy. Yeah. Just, I, you know. And I guess if you're a really small country and you have like one international celebrity. Uh-huh. I don't know. Are there more international celebrities from Iceland that I don't know? Um, probably, but <laughs> I can't think of them. Oh, so we need somebody else. <laughs> Cut that. There, Cut that. Let's insult Bjork. Let's insult where she's from. Let's insult Iceland. <laughs> I was like, she reminds me of Iceland because it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. 
okay, but you were saying debut. <coughs> Sorry? Debut. The, yeah, the debut album. was it's more the accessible. First album. Huh? Yeah, and um, when that came out, I was listening to a lot of uh, like uh, Sonic Youth and punk stuff. Pu- more punk stuff, yeah. Or punk, like um, underground type stuff you know and mm-hmm. they like the the breeders and and that kind of stuff and it, it just um i i remember somebody we were on slash records and somebody from the who's record on, company wait so who's on slash imperial records? teen your was, band yeah at and the then time, what time is this it was i think it was 96 so the or grind she's coming out. 94 to 96 i okay. don't know mm-hmm. the exact year when did you but, start that band um, like around that time, and then you guys got signed pretty quickly. Yeah. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah. Um, we yeah. So I got an advanced copy. I remember of debut, and I was oh. listening to it, and I thought I kind of like this, but it's not really my doesn't. It isn't really my aesthetic, you know. Right now, like, uh, and I was kind of maybe a little bit rigid at the time about being into things that were kind of rock rocking you know like rock music and pop and dance music at the time was not on the met like my aesthetic menu you know so your first lesson you were kind of like there's something here but yeah i'm not Instantly into it. Right. I remember listening to it and really liking it. And I would play it at my parents' house. With um, them listening? No. But I remember being at my parents' house with it, with that advanced copy. It might have been a cassette. Oh. Yeah. And, um, and I liked it, but it was kind of like a guilty pleasure. Oh, yeah. Funny. You felt yeah. bad about liking it? I didn't feel bad about liking it, but I wasn't like out being out going walking it. around yeah. with a Bjork shirt on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you see her in concert around that time? Or so your love affair didn't. didn't start with no. Debut. You did not debut with her debut. No, no. Did I they say debut in Iceland. <laughs> There's no T's. They don't pronounce the T's in Iceland. They're all gay. <laughs> The hits are coming. This is going to get cut to me just going, mm-hmm, like my only, only voice on I'm not letting the podcast are just me, like, mm-hmm, me and Jason. Unfortunately, sick. <laughs> yeah, I, um, it wasn't until Post came out, the, the second album, mm-hmm. um, that I saw her live. And that was what really... That's what really did it. And then... Where was that? Where'd you see her live? At the Warfield in San Francisco. My obsession really started with Post. The album Post. And, uh, and seeing because her live. It, with seeing her live. What was like that? Did you I just went, get a ticket by yourself? Lynn got me a ticket. For, uh, Lynn is the drummer for Imperial Teen. And she had a friend who worked at the Warfield. And we would just... At the time, we would just go to shows there. And she was like, do you want to... I I heard the Bjork show is amazing, and we went to the show, and I just I liked her, but I really didn't have big expectations. But I, the whole show, I was just 
like it was a slow burn. I was mesmerized, you know, just and I couldn't believe it. And then what was it that she was just her voice and her presence? Was it so unique? Something about it was just the whole package. So powerful. Mm. Like it, it was definitely like a. A monumental show for me. Did you say spiritual, show. like seeing something like that, like transformative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what? Yeah. Do you remember a particular song that was really that was like the the apex of that show? I well, yeah, the apex, yeah, was, <laughs> and, and it was funny because it was the encore. It was um, oh so quiet. She came out for the encore and she did that song, and then she paused you know like it goes da 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 and till it's over and then at that pause everybody was like screaming it was it was such an intense energy and Lynn recognized it too and we we looked at each other at that moment and like tears were oh coming down both wow. our because it it was like they really put in the audience just put into that moment the fe- that feeling of what she what she had given through the whole show just in that moment and it was like it was the most intense feeling I've had at a show. It's kind of without beyond words Uh uh-huh you know like you're like how did i how did i get here yeah with this performance yeah like there is just something so vibrant and alive and Mm -hmm. like i said like you can't really communicate that yeah so it's so cool that that touched you yeah also thinking of her as a god like it makes me think of Dionysus, like uh-huh. a Dionysian thing that uh-huh. she can that or certain performers with this cult like following can have this um, they, they can stir their audiences and their fans yeah. into a frenzy almost. Yeah, it was like a frenzy. But it was like a frenzy of, like a positive feeling. Mm. It wasn't... It's a, also communal. Yeah. Like communal exhilaration. Yeah. 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 Did that start mm. you and Lynn becoming... Uh, yeah. Really? That was like uh-huh. a bonding? Yeah. Let's listen to Let's yeah, listen, listen to Oh So Quiet. Yeah, and it's not necessarily the mo- It's a fun song, you know? It's a pop song. It's, well, it's the most iconic it's a, song. I think it's a most well-known... It's a well-known song, but well-known it's not song. like a super... It's an important song because it marks the time, but it's not like emblematic of her musicality her, yeah she, i yeah. would say like this is this kind of sticks out because uh-huh. she doesn't really do these these songs like uh-huh. it's not doesn't follow wait let's listen okay Till it's over and 
video yeah that's do such you, an iconic video yeah do you think she did her own stunts yes <laughs> i think she flew too i remember i remember seeing that i remember seeing that like not exactly at this time probably mm-hmm. a couple of years later and i remember just being like what is this this is like i had didn't have the um vocabulary vocabulary or the resources to understand like all of the things that she was pulling from uh-huh. and kind of colliding into one like i knew what a musical number is supposed to sound like uh-huh. but i never heard someone scream right you know in carousel right. or something like yeah. that mm-hmm. you know uh-huh and completely just uh warp and transform a genre uh-huh. and i feel like jazz is something she's always she's yeah. always doing yes yeah. Um, something with like a jazz, yeah, vocabulary. I feel right. like even now, uh huh, yeah. Their early music was jazz. Her early music, mm-hmm. so I think it's. And then she got really into, you know, techno and electronic music, and sort of married like that. And yeah. Marrying the, I was trying to tell Nick, like, my thought was, like, she's mm-hmm. trying to bring warmth to the computer. Yeah, yeah that's what she... She says that in... It does she? Okay. In, uh, I'm it, not saying this. There, <laughs> there was this when... What, so, it was post and then homogenic. Mm-hmm. And What's beats, your favorite of those three? Um, homogenic. So, the third album. Yeah. That, I mean, that's when the obsession just went... It really took hold, yeah. So it's like you saw that concert, and then probably shortly after she releases Homogenic, and yeah. you're like, fuck. Yeah. Game on. Uh-huh. Yeah. What was it like when you first listened to it? Um, well, I think uh, the, the, the single... I, it wasn't like today where a single would come out, you know, way before, but... Either they I, drop it months before, Yeah. But now that's what they do. Like yeah, you know, now that's what they do. But at that time, it wasn't. It the single came out when the album came out because mm-hmm. there was nowhere to hear it other than the radio. You know, mm-hmm. it, the internet was still kind of up and coming at the time. It wasn't. Well, you would that release prevalent. an album, yeah. And then you'd have a set of singles that would yeah. come from the album that you yeah. would try to promote. Yeah, like, and the videos. Yeah, and, videos, and so yeah. that's like. Yeah, so th- this um, biography movie came out. I don't remember where it came from, but at the time I was living south of Market, 
with my friend Marina Eckler, who's an awesome artist. Um, and we were just obsessed, like, with Bjork. Like, in a way that I've never been obsessed with anybody else in my life. We would listen to Bjork and watch videos and dressed like her and try to we inhabited her or she inhabited our whole lives you know every aspect of our life it was it's like she possessed you it was something like that and it was great it was so much fun was she obsessed with bjork before you moved in or or it was like she loved bjork before and when so you shared this mutual together, love, and then it was like, boom. Yeah. Now we have this thing. And yeah. Yeah. And we dress would, like her? What? We would wear kind of these cargo pants that were really big. Like, it was kind of raver mm-hmm. style a little mm-hmm. bit, which really didn't fit in that that great with um, Imperial Teen style. Like, my other bandmates were more kind of like, 60s and 70s like mod like normcore <laughs> almost and then i would be like cutting pieces of paper and like taping them to my um button down shirts and i i was really into like um art tape on clothes and writing on clothes and we, marina we, marina sewed so we would sew things onto clothes and things that became more prevalent, like in the late nineties, like patches mm-hmm. on clothes and screen printing. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we were doing it with like art tape and stuff like that. And her hair was she would tease it up, kind of. And yeah, we just were really into And if she it. came out, if you saw like Bjork come out with a new style or like there was a new video and she was doing something different, would you then imitate that? Um, probably. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we would incorporate it into our elements of it, into our what we were wearing for sure. Yeah. And she you... would wear makeup, like glitter makeup and and it just wasn't... People weren't really doing it in our scene. Right. You know, it was like indie rock, kind of rigid, like mod Vespas and like um, being cool and having like um, wispy pixie haircuts and... Mm-hmm. Being real skinny. Being real skinny, yeah. and real skinny. I'm being like the yeah. verve, the way that people looked. Yeah. Like yeah. that aesthetic. Like that aesthetic. So... People were like, what are you guys doing? You you know? They didn't really... But Bjork was on the rise. I mean, she was, at that time, an international... You know, she was a critical darling, too. Yeah. Like, critics, I think, around that album, uh-huh. her third album, yeah. were, were like, okay, we love you. Like, yeah. There's no one here but you mm-hmm. that sounds like you, and you're, you're going for it. Uh, did you start seeing concerts uh, with... With your roommate? Yeah, we went to... um, Well, we got obsessed with this video, the biography video. uh, And it... The fashion in it is amazing. And the way Bjork is talking about how she made Homogenic. And uh, it was... She 
create it with an orchestra and then with um, beats. And uh, it was just, and she made it in Spain and she would just walk around in, in Spain and the Spanish countryside with her headphones and like, and, and Iceland, she would visit Iceland and just put microphones up to things and use it in the songs. She would just like make a rock sing with her. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, She would make little recordings and. Opening, like she would open doors and be like obsessed. Yeah. She she, she was working with, did you say, we said that, who she was working with on that. Because I feel like her collaborator, do you remember who that is? We should. It was her collaborator that was really a big part of those like, Kind of natural sounds. Yeah, I know Matmos did um, Vespertine, but I'm forgetting the collaborator on Producer um, Mark Bell. Right. Howie B. Uh-huh, yeah. They were electronic music Mm -hmm. kind of pioneers. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Bell and Howie B. Where Where was this documentary? Like, where did you guys watch it? It might have been on MTV. Or right. Some, yeah. She I wasn't really an MTV queen. And you, there was uh-huh. TVs back then, right? <laughs> yeah. I can't remember, <laughs> sweetie. I'm so young, sweetie. <laughs> I don't remember how we watched these things, but I think we had like a DVD. Isn't it funny you fucking remember? How yeah. You, how you Before YouTube, like how you Yeah. Anything. Plan. I don't yeah. remember how I drove. Right. I, I didn't drive. I was fucking 12. <laughs> but, but I don't think how I could, you know what I mean? Like I was like. You also yeah. didn't drive until. Until, until I was like 50. Um, <laughs> I can, my, if you can tell, my ages are, my, I'm very, I'm like Bjork. I don't exist on this an plane. Ageless <laughs> I'm an ageless god rock. Yeah. <laughs> Mm, um, I don't know how we toured Imperial Teen. Like, how did you get to some GPS? It was insane. Oh, Joan, don't uh, you, the we... bass player, would go to AAA and get a map before our tours and map all the different uh, routes. Well, I had to. I when I was first in LA, <laughs> I actually had the Thomas Guide. Yeah, the Thomas Which was guy. before uh-huh. your time. I know. Yeah. I've heard of. I've heard. I've, I've. I know. There's a record of it somewhere. It was <laughs> such a pain in the ass. It was yeah. such a pain in the ass to move someone's Thomas guide off their passenger seat when you got in their car. <laughs> Here's my big thing that I that I think about. My deep thought is this: if you're like telling someone, mm-hmm. especially in LA, because LA is crazy to me. Uh-huh. It's fucking crazy. Like, yeah. there's so much. Just so big. Like, right. I don't even understand it. But if you're like, I'm going to meet you here uh-huh. at eight. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh-huh. and then like, I hang up my house phone. Uh-huh. And then I'm done. Right. You know, like, I need to have so many things on me to, like, communicate with you if I'm late or if something but you has happened. But you, like, couldn't do just, that. You would have to call the restaurant or if you would think people were dead. <laughs> well, or you just, like, you just do, you just are kind of having to be more in the I moment. people were dead. More in the moment yeah. in a different way. Because now yeah. it's like you never have to be in the moment or figure anything out. Uh-huh. It's just a constant text away of, like, right. this is bad. Oh, you don't believe me? Like, right. I can show you the GPS of, like, the truth of it. Like, yeah. But I just think... You had to have so, more of a, an awareness of, you know, socially and physically. And, like, and, pocketbooks of people's yeah. numbers and, like... Right. You know, like... Yeah. Like be more, yeah, aware and, and it's part of why people seem maybe I don't know like if it's suck. true, like that they're more. 
That I really you cannot tell where I'm from. Like I'm dogging the old times. I'm dogging the new times. I am so Bjork right now. I don't exist. We've been listening to Bjork for two days. Yeah, this is what Bjork has done. Like, I went into well, the... people um, seem more uh, checked out. You know. Than, yeah. Yeah, I, but they were checked out then too. Yeah, there was, <laughs> you know, was like I, already, I, I, you would go to someone's house and you just watch TV. Like I really remember us all like putting on the television and having yeah. MTV on constantly. Like, uh-huh. like if you come home from school, yeah. you put on MTV. It was oh just always God. fucking yeah. on for five I mean, hours. I would, watch, yeah. I would watch the nanny when I got. Yeah. Home oh, I thought you were gonna say you watch, we were watching like Master Class Theater or something. No, was like, yeah, I was bitch. watching just the fucking nanny. Like really? uh-huh. four episodes in syndication of the nanny on when I got home from junior high. <laughs> or I would watch Ricky Lake. Carly and I would watch Ricky mm-hmm. Lake and eat cereal, which was a really great tradition. Go Ricky, go, go Ricky, go Ricky. Ricky Lake stand right <laughs> in, please. Oh God, wouldn't it be funny if Ricky was on Ricky Lake. Lake like the only time? She didn't really do that many. Whoa. I guess she did do interviews. She did do interviews, but yeah. she wouldn't go on like Oprah or something. Uh, maybe was she on Oprah. I don't know. Oh let's play that clip. Let's play that. Okay, well, okay let's, wait. So let's actually talk. She about, was the biggest thing, Ricky Lake was so popular. Yeah. Do you know that she was Oprah's protege? Really? Yeah. I learned that on the great podcast Making Oprah from mm. WLS, which is mm-hmm. a great Do you also know who is an Oprah protege that I did not know you're going to die, but you may who? know this? Rachel fucking Ray. Rachel Ray got Rachel her Ray. start. My sister's got, my sister could come on this show and talk about Rachel, Rachel Ray, Ray for two hours. You love Rachel. O-V-O-O. 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 Wait, what are some other Rachel Rayisms? I have a bowl in my oh house that's a Rachel Ray. E V O O. That drives me insane. Nick and I would love, <laughs> love E V O to say E V O O. I've got a Wait, little E V O O, but I can't say it. I can't say any of that shit. Nick was like, "What's the dog food name that she has?" No, no but I use her cat food. It's awesome. <laughs> I mix the salmon and the chicken. It's, it's like really delish good. or I also, something. I, or, I know how delish. she shortens words. Uh, she puts ish on a lot of words. Like nutrish. <laughs> it's so gross. It just sounds like someone named, just sounds like they're things for someone named Trish. Trish <laughs> is my favorite name. Oh my god. <laughs> I did wait on Rachel Ray once when I was a waiter. Uh-huh. And she was so nice. Yeah. And she gave me so many tips. Uh-huh. She would like go to the bathroom and slip me a 20. Uh-huh. She would like wow. slipping me cash. Uh-huh. It was great. I That's find nice. it so Thank weird you, to think Ray. that you could be on, <laughs> that you could like be cooking for like fucking town. I think that so. I'm like at some point, I know that like there's, it's like music. You can constantly make dishes of food, but uh-huh. something about that boggles the mind to think that Rachel Ray is still somewhere making an omelet dish. Like, or like thinking up a new recipe. Yeah, like and like cooking with all of her colorful spatulas. That's what I think about Rachel Ray is all of her like lines of like yeah. mom. I have all of it. My my sister fucking it. buys it for me you for Christmas it. every year. Thank you so much. Don't cut, really out. Don't, don't cut this out. Don't cut this. This is part of Bjork. But you know what this reminds me of? Rachel Ray's prolific in yeah, recipes like Bjork is prolific. Yes. With yeah. her, I mean, Imaginative. They're, Rachel Ray and Bjork, <laughs> Bjork are ma- yes. World. yes, bizarre stuff. Magical yes. stuff. No, no. I don't think so. No, babe. I'm pretty sure, like, absolutely no one would agree with that statement. Rachel Ray's basic. Rachel Ray, remember yeah. she got dogged for, like, showing people how to cook bacon in the microwave? People lost their fucking mind. It was my favorite thing. You should read about people writing under, under, like, they took her to hell and back for, like, showing how to cook bacon in the microwave. Oh, 
my god, we've strayed so far from the path. It's okay, because I know more about this, and I'm about done with my VR knowledge. <laughs> Vespertine was the most amazing show. Why? Ro- Roddy um, from Imperial Teen uh-huh. took me for my birthday, oh. and it was at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion here. Wow. And they used to have the Oscars there, and it's yeah. a beautiful theater. And um, there was a full orchestra, and it was also during the Vespertine period was Dancer in the Dark. Right. So can't skip that. Can the we? two of them happening at the same happening time. at the same was like it was mind blowing, you know that you could have the. Uh, I mean, the music from that movie is brilliant, you know, and then heartbreaking. I feel like and heartbreaking so and heartbreaking. That movie is the movie. When I say uh-huh. Dan, especially now that we've been working on, you know, this episode. Uh huh. Uh, and I, I talk about Bjork. Mm-hmm. If Dancer in um, the Dark comes up, everyone uh-huh. says the exact same thing. I just bawled my eyes out. Uh-huh. Like, and, then, or, and then follow up with, it's one of the few movies that I just couldn't stop crying. Uh-huh. It's really unique what that I, movie did to people. I was yeah. a real Bjork skeptic at uh-huh. the time. Like yeah. I was really like, I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. I was I felt very alienated by it. And uh-huh. someone forced me to go see that movie. And mm-hmm. I remember bawling the whole time. And I was in acting school at the time, so I was like, oh, <clears throat> this person can't act. Uh-huh. You know, this idea that, like, the singer's going to drop into a Lars von Trier. And I right. was just completely, I, it was it's like, and I'm a really hard, as you know, like, I, like, fucking stand in my opinions like a asshole for a long time. Uh-huh. And she just, like, flipped me. Yeah. That movie. Yeah. Did you get her album of that? Well, of course. Oh, of course. Because then she, because yeah. remember that, she had, she released another album. Which is called like songs for it's a, her character's her name character's name what which is songs for Selma mm-hmm. songs for yeah. Selma yeah yeah love I how she changed, um, weirdly changed things up on that and yeah it was amazing I love she was that giving material yeah I was obsessed with that album and Vespertine just completely what's your favorite track and from utterly obsessed uh, it's hard to say we're gonna fucking what, make what you is, choose uh, yeah. Well, oh, I, you, you know something that I, I it had my name of it in it, Harm of Will, you know, and it was mm. uh, the song that Harmony Korine um, wrote the lyrics for, and really? I just yeah. Let's listen and, to that. Okay, and uh, yeah, that was a song that I really love because I 
think intermittently I was going through a depression, you know, and the music was just so emotional and beautiful and chaotic, soaring and, you know, mm. and it just really, I remember that song really got to me so badly, you know? Well, at this show, they, uh, at the Dorothy Chandler, they had the orchestra and they played the, um, the overture for the film, uh, before the show, like uh, as the overture she for the, that, um, that song. She plays that, I think, at another concert, too, even currently. The overture mm -hmm. of that? Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like a medley of the songs from Dancer in the Dark. And uh, she was just sitting in a chair um, in the center of the stage. And at the crescendo of the overture, um, a <clears throat> like a light shines on her from above. And these flower petals just in the stream of the light come down on you know fall down mm. on top of her and it's like i everybody was crying as already you know when it started it was visually like such a beautiful show too so anyway 
her collaborations with I mean I I find mm-hmm. her visually that's what excites me the most about her the, yeah. the videos and like her collaborations with Spike Jones and Michelle Gondry and yeah. all these people she's mm-hmm. one of the, mm-hmm. you know there's like a lineage of these women that yeah. we have uh-huh. Kate Bush mm-hmm. um, you know Tori Amos to an extent uh-huh. you, you know that have been able to establish themselves uh-huh. I feel so grateful for that uh-huh uh, I feel I, like that's so unique to mm-hmm. have a career where you can have such a big platform. Of mm-hmm. course, there's so many more avant-garde singers and performers. Yeah. But to break that mainstream barrier and continue uh-huh. on that trajectory, right. and not—I mean, she. It's I feel really, like I feel like we're watching Janelle Monae do that right now, and she's not as strange. She's like much more pop, but, but I think she is. She's like holding to herself and like merging different genres together uh-huh, and yeah. being kind of weird in her own very particular Janelle Monet way. Uh-huh. And Bjork goes, I feel like as the albums progress, she goes deeper and deeper mm-hmm. into this forest. Mm-hmm. Do you think, did you? Yes. Um, she was doing, mm-hmm. it's the one with declare independence. And she actually worked with a uh, Timbaland on a few of the songs. Oh, cool. Um, so she definitely, I think she was into what was happening like in the R&B pop, pop world. Um, Can you tell me the name of that song again? Um, Declare. Uh, Declare Independence. Declare Independence, Let's yeah. Let's listen to that. Okay. Declare Independence. Don't let them do that to you. Declare Independence. Don't let them do that to you. That wasn't a Timbaland collaboration, but it was an intense song, you know, that was, it and resonated a lot, that song. But that show, for some reason, it didn't hold the same power for me. It started to kind of, she was getting more of a, that, it was, I think it was when Barney, uh, Matthew Barney's influence really took hold mm. in a set. Not, that's not a good way to say it, but 
I think it was a really difficult relationship, like power wise. That's the sense I get from it. Like, mm. and he was, it seemed like he was imposing something onto her, like aesthetically. And well, so he was involved in directing those shows? Um, no, but I, her. It was it. It did seem like a um, a pop artist being with somebody who, like an avant-garde, serious artist kind mm-hmm. of person who felt like they had to be artier. That was the Ooh, sense right. I got from it, from their relationship, you know. And it it started to not resonate as much with me mm. because I felt like her artistry and sense of the avant-garde before that relationship the middle of that relationship was so pure and yeah it just started to seem a little bit it started to feel a little bit forced right yeah so interesting the idea of like the diva or you know like losing you Uh uh-huh you know with her choices or her work or Uh or when you yeah or when you find or not just like divas um just anything like I think about me being obsessed, like being so immersed, uh-huh. and like it was my whole world. Yeah, and then it not. Uh huh. Right. You know, or yeah. they, like, and then you look back and you're like, that was a time period. That right. Was an intense time period. Yeah. Of just like total adoration. Right. Mm-hmm. We've all gone through that stuff. Like, yeah. I've gone through it with all kinds of things. Uh huh. I went like, through just, it afterwards too with uh like the Amy Winehouse album. Oh yeah. I was completely obsessed with that and just that was so many fans were i Uh i didn't get on that train not for any particular reason but like Uh man you were i was Mm -hmm. yeah well i felt i was like falling in love in london when that album came out and i was like Uh in london all the time and i was Mm -hmm. so in love and every gay bar was playing her music and she Uh was so sexy and beautiful and all these songs were about crazy mad love yeah and i was going through a breakup Mm. so it was really intense i mean and then pj harvey was another person that we were maybe gonna have you on here right for pj harvey we can do a pj harvey episode and (laughs) let's transition and (laughs) cut here nick and and this is cut here and then hi this is for the girls and this is gonna be weird but we're now with will shorts now we're talking about again two and a half hours long and kim deal is another one from um the breeders and the pixies and Mm -hmm. the amps Let's talk quickly about Bjork and your queerness. I mean, you know, you were you kind of grew up with her. Uh-huh. You kind of, I don't know, were you out by that time that you were listening to her? Yeah. Um, Did I mean it seemed like she mm-hmm. in, involved in your fashion? Which yeah. I think for me, my fashion's queer. I don't know. That seems like passe now to say. Well, but. yeah, definitely. I the whole relationship to dance music and electronic music. Um, there was a lot of internalized homophobia going on um, in the in the nineties. You know, it wasn't. It was a different time, and it was also the AIDS and, epidemic. So everyone was just hating. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of less by then. The mid nineties, it was on the yeah. 
there because there it was, was just coming out of the darkest it was time. coming out of the darkest time yeah because there was medicine that was prolonging mm-hmm. people's lives and they knew how people knew how it was transmitted by that right. point you know mm-hmm. but um yeah they, like i said earlier there was definitely this kind of stigma in the indie rock world which was pretty str- pretty straight you know like there was queerness in it but it was kind of predominantly straight and i didn't hang out like there was that queerness which was more integrated with straight people mm-hmm. at the time and then there was the castro or there was west hollywood you know and like as someone who is kind of punk and like underground into things that were off the radar you didn't want to be associated at all, or I didn't want to be associated with a WeHo queen or a Castro guy, you know? And I was into, like, rock music and punk, and Björk kind of blurred those lines because she, she was doing electronic mu- electronic pop, but she's kind of punk, you know, like mm-hmm. screaming and... The Sugar Cubes are kind of like pop punk. Right. <clears throat> Let's listen and to the Sugar Cubes real quick for people who don't know. This is like her early band. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so the sugar yeah. cubes are like they were they were a little more hardcore. Like yeah. she had hardcore bona fides. Right, right. Bon- bona fides. What I don't however you say. I like I, words. I'll go with that. Bona fides. Yeah. I, every I can, so he has to catch me. Uh-huh. Because well it's easy to catch me because I literally can't say words. But like everything you're saying and that you're catching yourself on, I'm like I'm just like, yes, that's that's what the movie's called. That's what the word sounds like to me. Yes, honey. It works I have for me. no I didn't idea about anything. Um can I ask you though Does is, that answer it though? Yeah. Like uh Yeah, I mean But coming coming So she on. integrates she kind of marries all these different things like musical theater, punk music, electronic music, indie rock. Right. Mm-hmm. So, it in a sense, she does make it okay, you know, right. to express herself in that way. Or, you know, and I connected with that. She's intense. She's an intense listener. Storyteller, an intense storyteller. Like, it's emotional music. Yeah. I can best describe it as like, yeah, it's just like, it's it's like so meticulous. 
Uh-huh. And it seems like she spends like every waking hour, you know, sewing together a song, but it also just feels like pure emotion. Uh-huh. And she does so much with repetition. Mm-hmm. She Sometimes there are songs that just have like three lines in it. Uh-huh. She just keeps repeating. Right. Over seen it all. again. Right. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. Uh-huh. Wait, let's oh, listen. I love that song. Let's listen to that right now. It's so beautiful. I've yeah. seen it all. I have seen the trees. I have seen the willow leaves dancing in the breeze. I've seen Killed by his best friend And lives that were over before They were spared I've seen what I was And I know what I'll be I've seen it all no, no to see That was really an, an intense song for me too, because I was, it was, I was struggling with depression, <laughs> um, and yeah, it seems like a song about being suicidal. Mm. Did she represent? Um, did she represent that kind of time period for you? Not just the time you're, but that is there like when you look back, mm-hmm. is there a time where you're like, this was the artist that kind of got me through? Yeah. And that was her. Uh I relied on her music and her artistry. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it got me through, but it, um, it was the most prevalent artist for me. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do it really interesting. You meet Bjork in a flower petal and then the flower petal takes you down through the earth to the core of the earth and right before you hit lava what would you say to her you can't use words or you can't use english words <laughs> you can't <laughs> use words <laughs> what would you <laughs> why okay fine you can say it in your way but then uh-huh. you have to say it in my bjork way <laughs> oh before i'm sorry was that hit... confusing to you <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm sorry was that confusing <laughs> Before we hit lava, <laughs> so you do. Have... I, do I know we're about to hit oh lava? My... Wow. Y- yes, uh, you do know. So you have. You have to say something very important to her. I think we just. Uh, oh, it has to be vo- a vocalization. Well, Nick 
He doesn't want... It could be whatever you want. You can say something to Bjork. Okay. That was really good. Try it one more time. We got it. That was really fun. We got got it. it. We got it. We got that. And Imperial Teen, you guys just finished your record. Yeah. So when is it coming out? Um, July. Yeah, it's gonna come out in July. Everyone, download that. Buy it. Yeah. But pay money for it, right? Um, Yeah. Um. Okay, should we? Can we? Do, can we do bops or flops with the new rules? Oh no, there are new rules. <laughs> there are new rules. We're gonna play a game called bops or flops. It's just like bops are things that you think maybe people don't know about, or just random things that you love. Mm-hmm. And flops are just random things that you don't love. Okay. About your diva. Okay. Bjork, and we oh. can just kind of just go, <laughs> and as they come to us. Oh, wow. Cool. And we are ahead of you because we can write them down in advance. Okay. So, bop or flop? I'll go and you can see. Oh, well, let me oh. finish chewing this grape. Oh. Mm-hmm. I have one. A, bo- uh, a bop. Great. Go. When Bjork was at the airport in, like, Singapore or <laughs> yes. something, and she beats the shit out of the... Yes! That's what I'm Or a photographer, right? Yeah. That was famous. Yeah. That was like, famous. That was famous. Fucking like, amazing. Icon- iconic Bjork moment. Everyone Total go bop. and look it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a bop. She uh-huh. co-wrote Bedtime Story for Madonna. I love that yeah. song. Yeah. I yeah. don't think she's so proud of it. No. Oh, really? No. Yeah, she's not a huge Madonna fan. No. Actually, no. when it came out, uh-huh. she was like really wanting to distance the fuck away from that really? song. Even though I love that, I love that track. So, uh-huh. I loved So that many divas track. hate on Madonna. Well, Bjork and Cher. Yeah. For, and this is for the girls podcast where Jesus <laughs> um, my bop is when I was um, my first year of acting school uh, uh, one of my closest friends Chris Livingston got up and sang hyper ballad acapella Whoa. in the class everyone's supposed to bring a kind of talent and he just got up and did that song, and I had never heard that song like that. Uh-huh. And I want to play that song, because I actually think it's so beautiful, and yeah. it's one of, you can kind of understand the sentiment of the song uh-huh. in it, which right. is sometimes she, you know, let's play it. Let's play it. Let's, <clears throat> let's, play it. let's okay. listen to it.
anyways, I love the sentiment of that. Uh-huh. You know, where she talks about how I was telling Nick this, like my interpretation is there's so many layers to that song, but mm-hmm. like how you have to go through certain rituals to stay with someone and be mm-hmm. happy and they have to be your personal rituals and hers is like throwing stuff off the cliff and maybe she's going to throw herself off uh-huh. you know or contemplate that but you right. have to create um, space, an alone space that's how I take it mm-hmm. to be happy mm-hmm. and safe with someone else like mm-hmm. you have to take care of yourself I mean, right. you can interpret Bjork in so many ways that's uh-huh. what I also love maybe I'll listen to it tomorrow and yeah. feel differently that's one of my that's a bop for me okay um, I have a bop which is okay. the documentary with David Attenborough uh-huh. she made she made this documentary about humans relationship to music and wow. it features um, mm. one of my favorite queer icons of all time Dr. Oliver Sacks uh-huh. do you know him I've heard of him he I wrote all those it. all those great books Awakening uh, yeah he wrote oh, Awakenings uh-huh. and he um, his biography is amazing we should do a mini episode about his biography and you should read it it should be when we start I don't think I've seen that Um, documentary yeah it's really cool oh cool it's really cool Um, any flops for you? I'm trying to think of a flop like something well you kind of did one with Matthew Barney as a flop for you yeah I've the relationship with Matthew Barney I feel like is a bit of a flop he he just seems so like misogynistic I don't know like the energy that I get from him, and it just seems to permeate her sort of her vibe mm. at a certain point. His misogyny. I don't. Ew. I don't know if that's true, but I have a bop. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was living in Brooklyn Heights, and I was walking uh, uh, to the grocery store, and I kind of saw this woman and this little girl. And, and they were wearing, like, gigantic puffy coats. Uh-huh. And I was like, look at that quirky couple. <laughs> I look at the quirky mother and daughter. And they were just, like, m- melodically singing to each other. Like, and it, this is in my mind. This is how it sounds. La-dee-da-dee-da. And I got in front of them, and I turned around, and it was Bjork. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, my God. Okay, that's it. That's all I need. Like, <laughs> yeah. the most Bjork story. Of, you know that's what I mean? So yeah. Bjork. You know, just like it was like snowing, and they Uh were just like being so carefree. It was gorgeous. Wow. Okay, I have a big flop. My (laughs) college roommate, Evan Coolman. Yeah. He was my first year college roommate, and he's he's brilliant. He was a Bjork stan. I mean, so crazy in love with Bjork, and he would watch her videos really late at night mm-hmm. and I was kind of you know we had those lofted beds yeah and I would have to they would, kind of, they would always be in my presence and I would have these terrifying nightmares uh-huh. starring Bjork because <laughs> I fell asleep to her videos all the time so huge flop for Bjork tormenting my dreams my entire freshman year of college uh-huh. do you find that like Bjork's kind of in, there is something sinister you know kind of industrial that kind uh-huh. of industrial yeah. music uh huh that kind of gives it like a nightmare quality yeah. to some of her stuff. Yeah. Like it's mysterious. Her uh-huh. music is mysterious. Yeah, definitely. I think she intends that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Will, since you brought that song, uh, Yoga, which we started talking about, should we go out on that? Sure. It was uh, Yoga was her best friend at the time. And um, it was actually, it was record. it was recorded in Spain in this place Malaga Malaga and I got to play a show there in like 2008 it's this 
It, it's a really nice place. All right. Well, we love you, Bjork. We love you, Bjork. We do love you. Yeah, thanks, Bjork. You thanks keep for... doing you. Keep yeah, doing... girl. <laughs> yeah, keep... <laughs> we love you. Okay, thanks for listening. Hey! Bye. 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 Thank you, Will. Bye, thanks, Thank Will. Thank you. Follow the dot. Coincidence makes sense only with you. You don't have to speak. I feel Escapes. They pass me The riddle gets out And you push me up to this state of emergency How beautiful to be State emergency Is where inside of me every nerve that hurts you heal deep inside of me you don't have to speak